0: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. While you remain standing, if you can turn in your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, we're reading from chapter 10, verse 23. I want to say welcome to each and every one of our guests that are here today. Uh, if, If you've not had a chance to be a part of uh, Grace Point Fellowship in a while. <clears throat> uh, it's just so uh, so refreshing to see uh, faces that I know <coughs> somehow or another this this new time and location has maybe uh, made it a little more convenient, and uh, hopefully uh, even so much so that uh, you can be with us on a regular basis and. <laughs> I tell you what, looking in here today, um, with our little our little group, the sa- take the same group over to that other building, it looks like not much is going on, but it looks like something's going on in this place, don't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> we, we might have to move again pretty soon. <laughs> Praise God. So... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, we want to fill this place up and, and just start invi- inviting. And if you haven't been real excited about your church in a while, get excited again. Because I'm telling, like we said last we're gearing up for growth. We're gearing for growth in 2018. And uh, I believe that uh, just God is going to put everything in place as He's already begun to show us. So we're excited about what God is doing. Amen turning in our Bibles, hopefully you're already there, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, just reading one verse of Scripture as an opening text. The Word of God says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. Somebody say, is not. The way of man is not in in himself it is not in man <clears throat> you know when somebody don't quite get the picture you repeat yourself <clears throat> it, it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps For just a little while, I want to preach on this subject. You can't do it. What a negative thought in this brand new building. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, you can't do it. Be a little more emphatic and say, you cannot do it. God bless you, can be seated in Jesus' name. Have you ever bitten off more than you can chew? What I mean by that, have you ever taken on a job or a project totally believing that you were going to be able to accomplish it only to find out that it may take a whole lot more than you can individually do or handle. Anybody ever been in that situation? You found out there were some things you just could not do. (laughs) I know we've been told all of our lives, never, never, Say can't. Or as we said in Arkansas, never say can't. Never say can't. You can turn me down just a little bit. (laughs) I'm getting excited. uh. We've been told, take that word out of your vocabulary. Anybody else's mom ever tell them that? Your boss ever told you that? Maybe I've even told you that. And in most cases, that is true. I love to live life like that. I love to preach messages like that. And in many cases, I would say to you, you can do it. But though it may be true in many things in life, on being a Christian and living for God with the hope of making heaven your eternal home, I'm going to talk to you today about three ways that you cannot do it. You can't do it. Number one, you can't do it by yourself. I read a little illustration that goes like this. It said a gourd wound itself around a lofty palm, and in a few weeks it climbed to its very top. How old mayest thou be, asked the newcomer. About one hundred years, said the palm. About one hundred years? And no taller than this? Only look, I have grown as tall in you, uh, as tall as you in fewer days than you count years. I know that well, replied the palm. Every summer of my life a gourd has climbed climbed up around me as proud as thou art and as short-lived as thou as thou wilt be. There's something to be said about longevity. To try to do this thing by yourself is a short-lived progress at the best. We know well the statement. We've heard it all of our lives. It's in the Word of God. Pride cometh and then the fall. It makes me think about the story of Naaman. Naaman, the Bible said, after all the good things it said about him, it said, but he was a leper. The little maiden that came into there and said, I tell you what, I'm going to paraphrase just a little bit. Your majesty, with due respect, you are not going to be able to do anything about this. You cannot heal yourself. Pastor Rab talked about the woman with the issue of blood last week. I think she came to the same conclusion. She could not do it because the Bible said she had spent all the money that she ever had, that she had went to see the doctors, every type of physician. She tried every way possible. One day it came to her realization there is absolutely zero that I can do. I can't do this. Naaman had to say, you know, based upon the words of faith, that this little girl had for him he had to come to the realization I can't do this and he began to struggle with the fact of was he going to reach out for help from a higher power a greater help than himself and so he did succumb to this request to go and meet the man of God, Elisha but when he went to the man of God all he got was a message from him. Elisha didn't even bother talking to him himself. And he thought, "How disgraceful is this? Doesn't he know how important that I am?" He said, "I thought surely that he would come and raise his hand over me and and that he would speak these great words and that I would be healed." Instead, he gets a message from a servant that said, Go dip yourself in Jordan, the muddy Jordan River, seven times. And the Bible said that he was wroth. In modern vernacular, that's he was mad. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he says, Well, you know, I, 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 can, can I not have one of those clean rivers? And, and he began to name these rivers. He said, now I'm willing to do that. You know what he wasn't thinking? He wouldn't know anything about a river if he hadn't heard from a man of God. And now he wants to try to choose his river. And there's people in this place today that you know you need to go to the river, but you're trying to choose your own river. You've heard the word of God, but you want to try to do it your way. This ain't Burger King. You cannot do it. You cannot heal yourself. You cannot be made whole. You cannot find a good enough way to get to God other than the way that God said. Hallelujah. So he said, well, I guess I'll go down there. And you've heard this preached over and over. But listen, one dip didn't do it. Two dips didn't do it. It was exactly the amount of times that the prophet told him or there was no bargain, there was no cure, there was no healing. He couldn't say, well, I, I, I'm going to do that and, and it's, I'm just going to do it five times though. That's my number. Yeah, people are that Stubborn concerning the things of God. They're going to try to work it out themselves. They're going to try to find another way around. That's why you've got so many churches out there. My Lord, people heaping to themselves, teachers having itching ears because they told them, you can just only do this. You don't have to go seven times. I'm glad to be a one God, apostolic tongue-talking, holy, roller, born again, heaven-bound believer, in the liberating power of Jesus' name, washed in the blood, sanctified by His Spirit, I believe in holiness and I suggest that you do the same. Hallelujah. as far as I'm concerned and as far as the Word of God shows me, this is the only way to do it. I can't do it my way. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think about Peter. Peter. What are you doing walking on the water? You can't do that. And physically speaking, unless you've got stepping stones hidden under the top layer of water, there's nobody in this building, including me, that can walk on water. The only reason why Peter was able to walk on water and the only reason why he was able to do it was because he put his eyes on Jesus. And when he took his eyes off of Jesus, down he went. So I'm going to tell somebody in this place, you can do amazing things. Maybe even walk on water. You can do incredible things in the kingdom of God, but the only way you're going to do it, the only way it's going to last, not be short-lived like Peter's walking on water. Huh? The only way it's going to last is if you fix your eyes on Jesus and keep your eyes Jesus, And like that woman with the issue of blood, when she saw Jesus, there wasn't anything that was going to stop her. Nothing was going to stand in her way. Nobody was going to keep her from getting to Jesus and touching the hem of his garment. When Peter realized, as long as I've got my eyes on Jesus, I can do amazing and incredible things. That's why the Word of God says, I can do all things And a lot of people like to just quote it like that. You'll read these self-help books, and you'll hear some of these uh, televangelists, and you'll hear some of these great leadership conference speakers and all of these motivational speakers tell, tell you to repeat after me, I can do it. I come to tell somebody, you can't do it. But the Word of God does give us a promise. I can do all things this way. Through Christ, who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Praise God. So just because you're not doing it doesn't mean you can't do it. And because you're doing it the wrong way doesn't mean you can't get it right. But I do declare to somebody in this place, you can't do it by yourself. Number 2. You can't do it without the church. Come on, say say amen or oh me. You cannot do it without the church. Praise God. This is the greatest institution that has ever been formed in this world other than the institution of marriage. And sometimes I think it is an institution. <laughs> Just kidding, Sister Green. (laughs) Come on, it went through your mind too, some of (laughs) y'all. But the church is the greatest institution that has ever been formed. And I want to tell somebody in this place, you can't make it without the church. Someone may ask something like this, Do you really need to belong to a church to be a Christian? Faith is a personal thing. So why can't you just have an individual relationship with God? Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Y'all never heard that. Lots of people wonder about that. Usually after a bad experience with, unfortunately, other Christians. But the best answer I know is in the story of a 4th century Egyptian soldier named Pacomius Pacomius determined to grow in his faith he did what many serious believers did in those days he became a hermit living by himself in the desert fasting praying, having visions, but after a while, Pachamius began to question his approach. He began to ask himself, how can you learn to love if no one else is around? How can you learn humility living alone? He asked himself, is it possible to learn patience, kindness, or gentleness in isolation living as a hermit? He realized that developing spiritual fruit, what he was fasting and praying for and seeking God for, it required him being around people. So don't say you don't need us. Don't say you don't need each other. Don't say you don't need the church. And so Pachameas quit the hermit life. And he formed one of the first monasteries according to history. Monasteries may not be our thing, but it, he, he was at least thinking in the right direction. You can't do this by yourself, and you can't do this without others around you. You can't do this without the church. And so he formed a body of believers that had things in common that, that would, could care for one another and even agitate one another maybe even anger one another but but work it out and show the fruits of the spirit it clicked in his mind i cannot be without a church he said this he said to save souls you must bring them together makes sense doesn't it how will they know without a preacher. How can he preach except he be sent? Hallelujah. It's by coming together, drawing from each other's energy, spiritual energy, kindness, love, example. Many of you have been an example to me. Hopefully, I've been an example to some of you. We need each other. The Bible says Christians are each a different member of a body. Romans twelve four, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. You can't do this. Without the church, can you be an eye without a neck or a foot without a knee? (laughs) I suppose it's possible to be a disconnected member without a body, but the only way that that might happen is in a petri dish somewhere. You want to be in a petri dish all by yourself? I'm a beautiful ear. Look how well I'm growing. Look how well I'm maintaining. I'm not just joking about that. There is actually a lab in London, England that grows human noses and ears in Petri dishes. A fresh, newly grown nose waiting for a recipient. Why even they know it needs a body or there's not much use in growing it. hallelujah. You need the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh yes you do. (laughs) Hallelujah. God didn't have in mind for people to be disconnected. And when he said in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider one another. To provoke unto love and to good works. And yeah, sometimes it is through provoking. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. I guess those are those people out in the Petri dishes. But exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Hallelujah. I know it's not a, a, a big on in your head that we're closer than we've ever been to the coming of the Lord but this truly is the last days and as we see that day approaching it is so important that we are connected you can't do it without the church you can't do it by yourself and lastly and most importantly You can't do it without God. In July, we will celebrate the Declaration of Independence. And there's all kinds of lifestyles, some I didn't even know existed until lately. They're they're adding more letters on that L, G, wall, whatever else it, I, uh, un, until it's going to be equal to our alphabet of people that are claiming their independence and coming out of the closet and, 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 and trying to get somebody to accept, accept them just the way that they are. Now, I don't have anything against any of those people. I love the sinner, but I hate the sin. God loves the sinner, but He hates the sin. And those people that are trying to be independent and trying to say, I am a standalone man or I am a standalone woman, I don't need anybody else, I come to tell you different. You cannot do it without God. All of these people claiming their independence. But I've come to tell somebody in this church today if you're one of those independent souls, that thinks that you can do it without God, today is a day to claim a new declaration. And that is a declaration of dependence. A declaration of dependence. Now I'm going to tell you in the flesh, it's not easy to become a dependent. True story. Seven years in the United States Army, Mr. Tough Sergeant. My wife was my dependent. Every form you would fill out, it would say number of dependents. I'd put one. I was out of the Army before Britain came along, or I would have put two. She was my dependent because the military said so. She wasn't going to be in Germany unless I was. She wasn't going to have all the things that she needed because, according to the military, she was my dependent and I was responsible for making sure that she had everything she needed. Seven years a dependent. Huh? But the tables turned. I got out of the military to pastor as a civilian full-time. The church had become self-supporting. It was a revival church growing in Kitzingen, Germany. And I I, I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get out of the military. They were offering me all kinds of stuff to stay in the military longer and pursue retirement. And uh, the Lord said, just get hit, get out and stay here and keep doing what you're doing. And and he mightily blessed that. But the income dropped way on down there. Sometimes we didn't know how we was going to eat living on the mission field. There was no army. I wasn't a dependent of the army and she wasn't a dependent of me. And so we decided, <coughs> well, uh, there's an opportunity. You can go to work for as a civilian for the military and she went to work uh, for, uh, there and she, she got a, a contract job and the next thing I know she's filling out paperwork and guess who was listed as a dependent? <laughs> that was hard. Uh, there may be somebody in here, you know, your wife makes a whole bunch more money than you do, and that's tough on some people, you know. Nothing wrong with it. It's just tough on people. I'm just trying to explain, in our human flesh, it is hard to declare dependence on anything or anybody. But I want to tell somebody today, you're going to have to declare total dependence On God, because you can't do it without God. John 15, 5 and 6 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, listen to this, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, without me, you can do nothing. He said, you've got to abide in Him and He in you because you cannot do it without God. He said, if a man abide not in me, those, those, those people that said, no, I believe that somehow or another I can work this thing out. He said, If you don't abide in me, then he is cast forth as a branch. And is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. He went through that for several verses of scripture, and then in verse eleven, this is what I love about the word of God. He brings this word of encouragement, saying, "I'm telling you this not to dish you. I'm telling you this not to discourage you. I'm telling you this not to try to control you or manipulate you." He said in verse eleven, "These things have I spoken unto you that." My joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. Anybody here like that song? It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. He tells us things like this. He has a preacher to preach things like this that you cannot do it. For a reason that you can make adjustments so that His joy might remain in you. How many want the joy of the Lord in you? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength, that the joy of the Lord might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I tell you, when you'll find a happy Christian, When you'll find a Christian that is full of joy, it's because they have plugged in. They have become totally dependent upon God. They have decided they cannot do it by themselves. They have decided they cannot do it without the church, and they have definitely understood in their life that they cannot do it, and they cannot make it without God. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of of ourselves but our sufficiency is of God and Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 as you musicians come it says one of my favorite passages of scripture in the word of God Proverbs 3 5 says trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own Understanding in all thy ways. Somebody say, In all thy ways. Would you stand with me? In all thy ways. In all thy ways. That means what you're doing on your own, that's what you're doing in the church, and that's what you're doing in your walk with God. In all thy ways. Acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. But in all your ways Acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. Oh, sing it with me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. Indeed, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy passing. Oh trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own. Understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. As many as can, let's gather around the front here in this new facility that God has provided for. Would somebody just tell the Lord, I know I can't do anything without you. Lord, I know I can't make it without the church. Lord, I know that I need to trust you. I need to place my total dependence upon you. Hallelujah. Let's just pray together as a church family. Maybe you can just lean over and pray with someone else right now and be an encouragement to them. We do need each other. It feels so good to maybe just have a hand on our shoulder and somebody praying words of faith over our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God, for what you've done today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God.